Shadowcastaudio.com presents The Masters of Horror, the anthology. Welcome to a world hidden behind the blinds of reality, a landscape waiting to be molded into a thing of pain and torture. This anthology is not for the faint-hearted. The ideas, themes, and disturbing images portrayed within will send your brain into overdrive on the road to madness. This book is guaranteed to rob you of sleep at night and bring you the nightmares you've most feared. You've been warned. Larry Coco lives in Florida with his wife and three grown kids. He's been a lifelong lover of reading and books. The books he has read have come alive in his mind. A little over three years ago, Larry began working on his dream of taking others on the same adventures he had enjoyed. Larry is a graduate of the Long Ridge Writing School program, Breaking Into Print. He will soon be finished in the Freelance Writers course with Penn Foster. In March 2010, he will attend the National University MFA in Creative Writing program. Without further ado, here's The Clifton House by Larry Coco. Kevin reached blindly around the corner and then jerked his hand back. Something had run across his fingers. He shot his hand in once more and hit the light switch. The click echoed inside the crypt-like room. No light. He reached into his bag and retrieved his flashlight. Flipping the switch, the darkness exploded as the beam of light sliced through. He swung the beam to the wall containing the light switch. A shudder ran through him as he took an involuntary step back. Kevin was staring at a large, hairy spider sitting several feet away. To his panicky mind, it appeared to be two feet across, but he knew it was more like nine inches. Dark spots ran crisscross along the wall. A dozen smaller spiders scurried away from the light. His stomach clenched in knots at the sight. Ever since he had been bitten by a daddy long legs as a child, he feared being near these eight-legged demons, no matter how small. He closed his eyes and counted the three. He hopped across the opening, his senses waiting for the telltale pressure that would mark the arachnid's attack. Once through, he immediately began brushing phantom spiders off him. Relief washed over him when he saw there were none. He turned back to the task at hand. Kevin had completed the first step in his adventure. He had entered the decrypt old Clifton house. He swung his flashlight from side to side in slow arcs as he walked further on the trembling legs. He shot nervous glances at the walls and was relieved there were no additional eight-legged monsters. Letting out a breath he had unconsciously held, Kevin started to explore the dark chamber of horrors. He turned left and began to scan the living room. Dust particles floated lazily through beams of moonlight which streamed through the curtainless windows. White sheets covered the furniture, like sheets covering a corpse. Shaking his head, stop it. It's just a creepy old house, nothing more. He moved further into the room past the large archway. Lowering his backpack to the carpet littered with rodent droppings and brown decaying leaves, Kevin heard scratching noises coming from all around him. A chill ran through him as he swung the flashlight wildly around. The area was empty. 
Moving closer to a wall, the noise grew louder. Rats! And by the sounds, there must be hundreds of them in these walls. He returned to his pack and took out a digital recorder. He was an amateur ghost hunting enthusiast. Kevin had never ghost busted before, but he never missed a single show on the subject. It looked so easy. Most of the time, the ghosts were just pipes or loose floorboards. He had been watching an episode dealing with a haunted lighthouse, where Kevin experienced his eureka moment. He had a real live haunted house right in his own hometown. The Clifton House had been the site of a grisly murder-suicide back in the late 1800s. Kevin had found a microfish article depicting Mr. and Mrs. Clifton, both of whom looked something out of an old Dracula movie. The article stated John Clifton had been complaining of headaches for some time. As time passed, his moods became more unpredictable and violent. A family friend had reported that John didn't look well, as though he hadn't been sleeping. When the couple hadn't been seen or heard from for a time, the police were asked to check on them. The police report stated that John had taken a machete and hacked his wife into pieces. He then took his revolver and shot himself in the head. The only note had been free at last, written in his wife's blood in large childlike print along one wall. Since that time, the house had been owned by various people, none staying longer than two months, stating unusual odors and sounds of all hours of the night. One couple swore they had seen old man Clifton walking through the house, machete in hand. Another couple reported a man walking the halls. When he turned down a hall, they noticed the back of his head was a mangled mess. Last month, a man from out of town came to investigate the old place. He was a nice fellow, wore a big silver cross around his neck. No one knew if he found anything or not. He was never heard from again. It was assumed he had left town in the middle of the night. The stranger left all of his ghost hunting equipment behind. The same equipment had liberated from the house three weeks ago. Clifton House, living room. It is now. He paused to hold up his watch to the light. Eight... 15 p.m. on July 5th, 2008, he said into the room recorder's built-in microphone. I've encountered what sounds like rats in the walls and a shitload of spiders along one wall. Other than that, there seems to be no paranormal activity. Satisfied he had performed this task properly, Kevin removed the digital video camera he had swiped from his brother's room. Opening the case, he made sure there was a new cassette installed and the battery was fully charged. Pressing record, Kevin planned a camcorder slowly across the room. The built-in light bathed the area in this real light. He turned and aimed the camera back to the entrance, intending to capture a host of spiders along the wall. His mouth went dry. Lowering the camera, he looked again at the wall. All the spiders were gone. Where'd they all go? It was bad enough seeing spiders, but not seeing them was worse. A thought nagged at the back of his mind, struggling to be noticed. Scratching from the walls had stopped as well. There was nothing but silence surrounding him. The hairs on his arms and the nape of his neck stood on end. Uneasy feeling grew deep within the pit of his stomach. He had the strong feeling that something unpleasant was about to happen. They just have gone off to wherever creatures like that go, he tried telling himself. Deep down, he didn't believe it. The air surrounding him grew suddenly cold, frigidly cold. His breath puffed before him as if smoking one of his grandpa's Cuban cigars, an act he would not soon repeat after getting sicker than he thought possible. He stood still, not daring not to breathe. He flinched as a whisper drift from behind him. 
His already trembling legs shook harder. His mouth was dry as he forced himself to turn, fearing what he might see, but fearing more what he couldn't. Nothing was there. The whispering stopped as soon as he had turned halfway. He remembered how the professionals acted when something happened. He rewound the audio tape and pressed play. He cocked his head as he strained to hear. There was something, but it was too faint to identify words. He tried again, this time turning the volume to full. His heart pounding in his chest, he heard, I will kill them all, in a harsh whispered voice. Looking around, a weak glow started forming in the far corner. His jaw dropped as if on hinges as he watched it transform from a shapeless haze into the form of a man. It was holding a long, slender object in its right hand. The ghost approached the transfixed intruder of his domain. Kevin noticed the man seemed to be drift across the room, his toes dragging through the dusty floor. Kevin was mesmerized by the eyes, black holes that seemed to hypnotize him. He tried to run away, to run from the apparition, but he found himself rooted in place. Recognition dawned, the thing slowly approaching him at a small hole in the forehead. As it moved, pale shards of wood in the back of its head swayed. This was Mr. Clifton. The ghost raised the slender object in his hand, which Kevin now knew was the machete. Mr. Clifton held the weapon above his head for a moment before swinging the phantom saber downward. Kevin heard the swoosh of the blade as it sliced through the air. He crouched down as he crossed his arms to protect himself. Kevin cringed for a few moments, waiting for the fatal blow to strike. When nothing happened, he ventured to see the surrounding area was again empty. His legs wobbled crazily as the strength poured out of them, casting him to the carpeted floor. Kevin wiped his sweat from his brow as he fought to slow his rabid breathing. He tried to swallow and found his throat was dry. He rose on unsteady legs and staggered for his backpack, intending to pack everything up and hightail it out of there. Kevin bolted for the front door. He felt trying to stop himself. Sitting next to the door was the large spider he'd seen earlier. At his approach, it reared up on its back legs with its forelegs outstretched as a bear ready to attack. Turning around, he headed down a hallway. Seeing the back door just ahead on the other side of the kitchen, Kevin broke into a run. Fear shot through him as he clearly heard sounds of hard-soled shoes stepping behind him. A gravely gaggle erupted from behind him. Kill them all! Kill them all! The voice called. Fear shot more speed into his legs as he sprinted faster. He reached for the door handle, which led to a small laundry room, then outside, and freed him when he stopped short again. Framed by the darkened window was the disembodied head of Mr. Clifton. Kill them all, the ghost said. Its moaning voice echoed as if spoken in empty cadaveric space. The image broke into a black-toothed smile as blood trickled down its chin. Kevin turned and dashed back down the hallway. Kevin stopped again. The huge spider had been at the door was now in the hallway, rushing to meet its prey. Kevin looked around. Panic had seemed to sharpen his sight. He saw a doorknob to his right. The footsteps were drawing closer, as was the spider. He tried the knob, locked. He backed up as far as the limited space in the hallway allowed and rammed the door with all his might. He burst through the closed door. Frantically, he backwheeled his arms as he tried hard not to fall. 
He reached for the wall and his balance returned. He stood on a ledge leading to the basement. There was open space where the stairs should have been. The voice of Mr. Clifton sounded right behind him. He instinctively jerked away and lost his balance. Kevin tumbled headfirst into the dark abyss below. Pain shot through his body as someone, something sliced through his side. Looking down, he saw the jagged end of a broken piece of wood sticking two inches out of his gut. He had landed on a broken pile of wood, which had been the stairs at one time. He tried to rise off this wooden dagger which impaled him. His head grew faint when the pain racked his body. He was unable to move much. The little he had shifted had opened the wound in his side. A chill settled into him as he watched his blood gush from the wound. Kevin closed his eyes as a wave of nausea rose from his stomach, as blood slowly filled the hollow space. He could actually feel his stomach expand as if he'd eaten too much pizza. He turned his head in time for the bloody contents of his gut to shoot out to the side. He giggled. Well, at least I won't choke on my own vomit. His eyes momentarily lost focus. When he could see again, he opened his mouth to scream. His throat locked. The scream never emerged. Kevin lay helpless, staring into the lifeless eye of the stranger who had come to town. The silver crucifix buried deeply into the right eye socket. Rats had been nibbling on the body, bones showing around the skull. His mind became aware of the faint scratching noise. As he listened, it grew louder. The sound of tearing drifted to him. Sounded like a saw cutting through plasterboard. Hope erupted within him. Someone has come. His heart sank. The sounds of scurrying tiny feet could be heard approaching from the darkness. Red beady eyes shone in what little light filtered through a small window. He watched in horror as the rodents, their bodies bloated from gorging themselves, attacked their meal once more. He willed them not to notice him, to smell his blood. He closed his eyes and tried to melt into the dirt beneath him. But he might as well have been wishing this was all a dream and he would awake safely in bed. One of the nearer rats stood on its hind quarters and it sniffed the air. It slowly turned towards him. Shrill squeaks echoed off the empty basement walls as the rats announced a fresh meal was nearby. His body was buzzing with numbness that announced the end. His eyes shot open as if, if by those paddles he had seen in medical shows. Pain shot through his leg and up the top of his head. He arched his back as the pain intensified. He felt the wooden stake saw through his side. He was free. He tried to rise, to escape. He got to his knees, ready to play horsey for the rats. Rats clung to his back, biting his neck and his back. He struggled to stand, like a drunkard trying to climb out of the gutter. Kevin was bent over, looking like the hunchback of Notre Dame, only his helped move as though we were alive. Sharp pains shot up through his legs as once more rodents attacked. My God, they're going to eat me alive too. Needle-sharp pains started to shoot all over his body as the rats entered into a feeding frenzy to rival the hungriest sharks. The waning strength had fled with his blood. He fell backward, too weak to stand. Kevin heard a gratifying crunch as his body crushed several rats. His vision was fading as his lifeblood continued to flow from his body. Suddenly, the pain stopped. His vision cleared. I'm dead. He looked up as a faint mist formed above him. He watched with detached fascination as two forms materialized before him. It was Mr. and Mrs. Clifton.
You'll soon be free, Mrs. Clifton said. He saw the slit in her throat move as she spoke. Black blood oozed from the wound along with the smell of decayed meat. Mr. Clifton hovered over him. He slowly raised the machete as if performing some bizarre sacrifice. Kill them all. The blade sliced through the air in Kevin's throat. This has been a presentation of ShadowCastAudio.com and is produced under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Copy it, share it, pimp it all you want. Just don't try to sell it or change it. We keep this going through you, the listener. For the duration of the Masters of Horror podcast, all who make donations to ShadowCastAudio.com will receive an ebook copy of the Masters of Horror. Just specify which format you would like. In addition, you'll also be entered to win a print version signed by myself, which will be given away at the end of the last episode. The music for the podcast is an original piece done specifically for the Masters of Horror by Christopher Carlson. Find more great selections at ChristopherCarlson.com. Thanks for listening.